0: I um, had a sewer line scope yep. done this morning and I I almost didn't do it because I didn't want <laughs> to know. To know. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> it was already kind of getting uh, too extreme, but it's all good. There's some tree roots yeah. in there, but it's clay tile, which is interesting because- the Over one, there, over across the way? hmm oh. And the one right next to it I is- I thought it was PVC. No. They're oh. PVC from the sidewalk to the main. Sure. What do you think about- doing sewer line like cleaning out those roots very often do you think that actually kind of messes with the sewer line
1: they say it especially on some of the lesser quality stuff right, yeah like they say it'll, yeah they say it'll like you know it's a razor essentially right. so it will wear down over the course of years so
0: today we are going to discuss inspections On most contracts that we write up with buyers or that we get if we're representing sellers, we will see an inspection contingency. Very rarely, I feel like, do we not. Uh, So we just kind of want to go through why to get an inspection, types of inspections, but let's just start out with a really clear uh, description. What, Scott, would you say an inspection is?
1: So I think the simplest version is uh, of a property inspection. It's just a clear look at a property's condition. And it gives you a summary of both good and bad. I think sometimes we look at them and we want to have every detail fixed. And and that's not what they're about. But it's about informing everyone about every detail that might be wrong with the property.
0: And I think as uh, as a buyer's agent, I'm always going to recommend that they get an inspection because that's not my area of expertise. I don't want to be the one that's saying, yes, there's an issue or no, there's no issue. I want a expert third party opinion on that home.
1: Yeah. And I think if you get a good property uh, inspector, they just do a great job of walking people through it first time or first time buyers or someone that's done it 10 years ago. like I think they just do a nice job of saying, it's not a big deal. It's a big deal. These are the things that are that you should watch for. So yeah. it's nice to have a third party, like you said.
0: Right. And I think the only times that I haven't written uh, inspection contingency is because the my buyer is a contractor or an expert in that field. And so yep. he's looking at it closely so we have a, a few different types of inspections that we deal with here in our area so there's a professional home inspection that'll be interior exterior uh, through the home looking at things you know that we can't see up in the attic up on the roof uh, electric plumbing those types of things another inspection that I always recommend on older homes is a sewer line inspection and then we have a radon test which is part of your due diligence on your inspection and and then there's a lead-based paint and termite inspections, which I get I get asked on them from out-of-state buyers because I think like in Nebraska,
1: I think it's a real problem. Termites, yeah. Mm-hmm. What lead-based paint? You've done a lead-based paint inspection? No, oh, I okay. haven't,
0: but it's always an option. Yeah, on on all of our stuff. And actually, the disclosure says, "Do you want to get a lead-based yeah. paint?" Yeah. I mean, the answers. No, because the remedy for lead based paint it's in older encapsulated, homes yeah, encapsulated, easy, yeah, which is just painting over it. So we assume that it's been encapsulated many sure. times over the years. Yep. I so, agree. no, those last two we don't really do, but I do get asked about them. Yeah. So let's just talk first and break down kind of that professional home inspection. And the way that that's really written on a contract is that you, you can do it however you want, you can hire a professional, you can do it yourself what are they looking at? It's got a professional home inspector goes into the home.
1: Yeah. I mean, the professionals are pretty amazing. Like, so whenever I get a nice house or house that's 50 years old, the pages, it's usually like a 60 page report. Like, so it's super detailed. So it's hard to just say this is what they're looking for. But as a general rule with a good inspector, you get videos, you get pictures. I mean, they look at everything. They look at light switches. They look at carpeting randomly. They look at the roofs, gutters, downspouts, like you mentioned. Um, I mean, just literally everything. I think they have a checklist that they go through. Otherwise, I don't know how they could remember all of this Absolutely. stuff. But yeah. um, it's just, I, I mean, I do appreciate the summary aspect of that. And and we'll probably get to it in another form, but I want to say it while I'm thinking of it. I, they're in this market right now. I am seeing actually no inspections quite a bit on on some contracts. And me representing a seller when that comes through it's a you know it's a benefit right like oh great we're not going to have to fix something but i also don't think um i think there's a little bit of a liability piece there that i i would push for an inspection on i think it's just again a third party it does actually protect the seller as well it goes through and says hey we had this third party say there was these things wrong and you were okay with it so i think i know that's maybe a little bit off of where we were going with that but it was just something kind of on my mind that it's i do think it's important for both sides actually
0: i agree with you and then it's a lot easier to say hey In a different market, you could probably ask for more repairs, but it backs up what you're asking and why you're asking it because this professional said this and this. Um, And it gives you a full picture of the house that you're buying. So it's not just so that you can figure out what repairs need to be made. What I really like about a good inspector that's doing it is going through everything, even the things that are working, where they can say, this is how it works. This is, you know, the specifics about your home so that you can maintain it better.
1: I agree. And I, so I dealt with uh, another agent who I was again, I was the buyer actually on this. And he goes through and he goes, Hey, so I was always taught that home inspections are a history of the house, but it's not meant as a bargaining tool to get a better price. And I really liked that because I think you want to know what you're getting and you want to, you're writing a purchase price to get a certain quality product. But it's also, I think sometimes the buyers need to go in saying, this is reality. Like, this is a 60-year-old house. Some things are going to be not perfect. Um, and then that's that's where that conversation comes in. So
0: I do like to walk through with my buyers and say, okay, these are signs of problems or could be, yep. right? And give them a, a clear picture before the inspector goes in there because I don't really want that deal to fall apart. I, I want to keep it together so I want what I've already told my buyers to semi line up with what an inspector might say yeah but sometimes it just doesn't right so you you can pull out a few things but then it turns into a lot of things and sure. that is is when a buyer can just decide that it's too much for them too yeah
1: at that point yeah so we've already said or you've already said you would encourage it on basically every purchase Um what other inspections would you you typically have your your people go through other than the just the home inspection? Like what other subcategories of inspections do you use typically?
0: So in our area, we see a lot of bad sewer lines. What's neat about the Rapid City area is that I can call down to the engineering department and I can talk to somebody and give them the address and ask them if they have any records of it ever being replaced. If they do and it's PVC, then I I I let my buyers decide if they want to spend that money on the yeah. sewer line scope, but in our area, uh, some areas older homes we see clay tile, what we call Orangeburg, and then cast iron. So yeah. some of those sewer lines are shot. They might have tree roots. They might have um, what they call bellies, or or just straight broken. So I I definitely recommend a sewer line scope if the city doesn't have records of it being replaced, which means it's probably original, yeah. which means
1: it's probably 80 it's rough, years old. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, so I have a little story on that. So before I was an agent, I was consulting real estate because I was still very involved with it. And I had a, a good friend that was buying a house, very nice, expensive house on the West side of town. Um, and they, they asked me, should I get a sewer line inspection? And I was like, "Well, it's a hundred, you know, one hundred and fifty bucks or something like mm-hmm. that." I was like, "Well, it's one hundred and fifty dollars, so it's a little bit of money, but a sewer line's like five thousand dollars if it's bad." So that's up to you. So that's basically how I framed the picture. And she said, okay, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. Coming back, the actual, the sewer line coming out of the house to the PVC pipe had disconnected or it offset like three inches. So th- even in a newer house that was a nice expensive house, there was an issue there and they worked through it. It was a couple thousand dollar fix. It wasn't a big deal um, in the end, but it does even happen on a new nice houses. So it's yeah. one of those things you're, it's a, it's a little bit of a bet, right? It's a little bit of a gamble. Should you do it? I mean, the safe play is always yes, but, Right. you know.
0: A little bit of money up front for less money yeah. in the end. And we've seen too bad sewer lines from a house to a septic tank. Sure. And that's what's one thing that I think people forget that that's that's a line as well. And if it's yeah. an old house and and by old I probably mean eighties or or before.
1: Yeah. I um, think PVC was like seventy-four or before that or something is not PVC. So Yeah. Usually around like you said, the eighty mark, you get old PVC, which is still pretty good. Right. But still worth looking at.
0: Yep. And I actually I'm helping some sellers sell a home that they had their sewer line uh, inspected, but they only had it inspected from the clean out, which you and I have talked about where, okay, how do you know what's going on under the house? Because that's the hardest place to get to and the most expensive repair. So they can go up through the roof. They can pull a toilet. They can do other things to make sure that they're getting the full line. Sure. And these, these sellers before I represented them ended up having to, remove concrete in their basement. They had flooding issues. They had bad... I mean, it was very expensive to repair. So just make sure that if you're going to do it, do it right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. If you're spending the money, yeah, check it all out. What yeah. What about radon tests? Have you have a lot of experience with those?
0: Again, not my expertise. So usually my answer to those is, is there a basement in the house? If there's not a basement. I don't always recommend them, but I'd let them make that decision. If there is a basement... I'll ask: Is somebody sleeping down there full time? Because radon pretty well exists underground. I yeah. say get the test. It's 100 to 150 dollars in our area right now. That <laughs> always fluctuates. Huh? Yeah. And then it's a two-day test, 48 hours, so it has to sit. So usually, I do like those tests to be set two days before the inspector gets there, so that we can have those results when we
1: get the inspection results. I think radon's interesting to me. It was uh, people like are very passionate about radon where they don't care. Like there's a yeah. very little middle ground on it. And, and some people think they're going to absolutely die if they have radon in their house. <laughs> and some people are think it's a scam that was produced by coal miners in the 60s or something like I that. I think there's
0: a lot of research that needs to be done yet on yeah. radon. I don't think that the long-term effects are totally there, especially when you say, you know, it's cancerous. Well, what's not? So sure. yeah, it's um, hard to, yeah, we might do a podcast on radon because there's other really uh, interesting aspects to that that I, I do find.
1: Yeah find cool so but the radon test is about 150 bucks 200 or i think it's 100.
0: 100 to 150 yeah, right now 100 so seen. it's it's nothing crazy but a, a radon mitigation installation is probably 1200 to 2000 yeah but ultimately it's the buyer's choice
1: yep and i've done it on or i've had it done on slab houses or basements as well so it's kind Do you of, see one of a big things.
0: difference on on slab houses coming in very high you
1: No, know, they don't come in very high yeah. at the initial but they're over that four mark which yeah. is prompts to you do something right so usually like they're i've seen them at six and eight and you're like yeah really but you know, i know it's and over the, the mark so you the do medium. it medium yeah. well
0: and then you could go into okay we're we're under a nine because the epa recommended level is four so if you're at a nine or less uh i've been told by professionals that that's when you do the 90 day test. And a lot of times those will come in lower because you have so many variations within 24 hours versus 90 days. So that's usually the next recommendation where you can escrow some money and take care of things that way. I, I lived in a house and I got a hold of a radon test. So we tested our basement and it came in at like 16, but we didn't have anyone living down there. And then I tested upstairs and it came in at like two. So oh, I know yeah. that there's a big difference yep.
1: between basement and main level. So, and I think what's the highest you've seen or heard in Rapid City? Twenties, I think, is yeah. all I've seen in
0: Rapid I've City. I've heard there's
1: some areas on the southeast side that have been like in the hundreds. Really? Like hundred, not like hundreds, but that over 100, um, that's yeah. a hundred. Obviously. Yeah.
0: And the there's herd. certain pockets that may be well known for radon, but. One house could have high levels, and then house next door could have low levels. So there's really no yeah. rhyme or reason to it when it comes down to it. So that's pretty well the three tests that I focus on. How about you?
1: Yeah, home inspection obviously number one. Sewer line is made. Honestly, sewer line might be number one before home inspections. Honestly, for me. Yeah. Um, and then radon's a hit miss. I don't, yeah. I don't do it really a lot, but if yeah. someone wants it, I'll definitely set it up.
0: When you have home inspections come back, what? The things that come back the most on a the home The things inspection. you know
1: as not being a home inspector, but you just know, right? Right.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, it's coming. Yeah.
1: So GFI, GFCI is in bathrooms, garages, kitchens, or not having those outlets, which are, those are the, the grounded outlets that, you know, if you get water in there, they don't shock you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is like very common. I mean, I actually typically identify that for my people when we list houses, just say, just so you know, this is going to be a, yep. it's a hundred dollar item. So either you fix it now or it'll probably come back later um downspouts of course negative drainage um downspouts are supposed to be i think three feet off the house or three to four feet or something like that i don't know if there's a standard yeah.
0: i think there's a standard but the amount of houses that i show they just don't have them. they don't have downspouts people put downspouts on your houses yeah. <laughs> it is the main i think they issue. put them and
1: then i think you mow and you have yeah, maybe or they and the blow wind away blows and they get yeah. hail or whatever and then they just don't re- re- put them on there but yeah, yeah. It, it protects your foundation it's a yeah. pretty huge like why have gutters Actually, you should not have gutters if you're not going to have downspouts. Right. Honestly, like that would be more effective to have that equally hit your foundation rather than all in one spot. Right.
0: Right. Like you could walk into a place that has foundation issues and walk up to where a downspout should be and you can see the ground deteriorated under that missing downspout. So it's the simplest item that you could replace that could cause the most damage to your home. So.
1: Yeah. Water's brutal for sure. Mm-hmm. So that negative drainage, you know, what what would you say that is or how would you describe that?
0: Uh, if you look at the side of a home and then you look at the ground next to it, if it's sloping toward the home or even just completely flat, they'll call that negative drainage. Yeah.
1: And that's, I mean, I've literally, I don't know, a hundred inspections. Every been one on every of them. single I've never I seen it. I feel like it's just there. It's they just the first like, page. They just, yeah, they it's don't just... even like take it off because they <laughs> yeah. just know it's gonna be there. So it's very common. Yeah. Um the other the probably the biggest expense that I see that's on inspections, on like a regular inspections, is hail, though. We have so much hail oh, in the yeah. area and roofs. So that's kind of a, a point that, you know, that's usually a pretty big conversation I have with my clients.
0: It is. And when even when I'm listing a house, I'll say, When was the last time your roof was replaced? And if it was in if it was three plus years ago, I'm gonna say, Okay, just so you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. hail damage claim and that's what it is for us it's a claim and i do also recommend unless they are prepared financially that they probably should keep that part of their insurance deductible lower. at a thousand yeah, yeah. lower yeah. at some point the thing too is is that being in the business this long we know which summers we had big hail storms in which yeah. areas and we also have good relationships with roofers certain roofers we can call and say hey can you jump up on this roof um, and just check it out. And if they're good roofers and they're honest, they will say, yes, it's enough for a hail claim or no, it's not. And to get those hail claims going as soon as possible is really important too.
1: Yep. I see. I had a, a little story in that hail. I actually had this last fall, I had an insurance company claim that only half of the roof was hailed out. And I'd never seen that before. Actually, I thought yeah. it was just a miss. I thought the person just maybe just didn't do a great job. So we challenged it. We pushed on it. And they were, it was rough. Like the insurance company did not want to do the whole roof. Um, And then of course we fought a little bit more. I got a couple, like you said, trusted partners up there and they said, yeah, the whole roof has enough hail damage. We should do it. But I think things like that sometimes pop up that you assume insurance companies are honest and great and roofers are honest and great. And and a lot of them are. I think it's just wise to make sure you are checking your work and and, and really making sure you're doing the right thing. And
0: And I feel like that is part of our job is is not to know all that information but to know how to help them navigate if that comes in like let's get multiple opinions let's make sure that you're covered because if that buyer buys that house and then their insurance says no this has hail we won't cover it I mean that's a big deal for a buyer yeah so we want to make sure that that and and sometimes there will be hail marks and it won't be enough for a claim which doesn't mean that that roof isn't viable but as long as it's insurable that's really what we're going for there yep Because that transfer of ownership can get really sticky when it comes to past hail claims.
1: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing I can think of is on driveways and sidewalks, I feel like I see cracks. Like in all the older houses, Yeah, cracks show up a lot as well, which are usually a $10 bottle of sealer or something like that. Not a huge thing there. But I think other than that, those are the main ones that I see come back pretty regularly.
0: Would you, if you were buying a house, still do a home inspection for yourself?
1: So I don't, I mean, I personally don't like pay someone to do a home inspection, but I feel like I probably fall, I'm not a contractor, but I probably fall along that side. I know what I'm getting more so. So I I don't do it because I go in and a lot of my clients the same way. We just, we build it into the purchase price of the house. We know that if there's going to be something wrong, then we're just going to be able Eat to it, pay for it afterwards. Take care of we it. We take a less, mm-hmm. you know, we, we pay less for the house, and so we have to pay more to fix some of those things. So it's typically how I build a lot of those investment deals and then deals for myself. But I think the important part is if yeah, if you're a new person or if you don't have ten to fifteen thousand dollars that you can use to fix things, then it's it's a fantastic investment and it's it's worth it's you should do it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and I think that the most expensive piece that we see on home inspections and then probably other opinions, getting more opinions is that foundation, the yeah. structure of the home. And it's it's so tough to tell because in some homes, some older homes, you'll see some some cracks and you kind of have to distinguish between cosmetic cracks and foundation cracks and, and the difference in what they look like. Yeah. And again, that's not up to us, but we can we can maybe raise some red flags there. And then to get even beyond the inspector to get another opinion from a foundation specialist. And say, this is how much it costs and negotiate that back if you need to. Or if you're just not comfortable with a bad foundation, it's yeah. your opportunity
1: to. to and a lot fix. of times, and you said this earlier, but kind of touching back to that, you do 10 days on your inspection. I you do. Say, or something I want them done line. quick. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of, sometimes I'll do faster than that. Sometimes I'll do three days. Sometimes I'll do five days. The issue that I have with that, that makes me not want to do that very often is like what you said there. If you need to get a secondary inspector in there, it's really challenging to get a foundation guy in there in three days, Mm -hmm. maybe challenging in 10 days, honestly. So you kind of need to know what you're getting yourself into when you write that aspect of the contract. Um, but yeah, ten days I think is a good mark to to get most of that done, and then have a good conversation with the other side about it.
0: Yep, yep. And having those relationships with great inspectors helps a lot too, because I can text them the day we go under contract and say, "Hey, yeah, you up for one?" And of course, the buyers have the choice of who, but we have sure. recommendations. So.
1: Yeah, yep. There's good and bad and all.
0: Yep. Awesome. Well, if you guys have questions on inspections, ask your agent. Or our information is in the show notes. Thanks, guys, for joining us. All right, have a thank good day. You. We hope this episode sparked some curiosity or grew your confidence to make your next move in the real estate world. Reach out to us with questions or for tangible steps you can take to get started. We would love for you to rate this podcast and share it with a friend. Our contact info and social media links are in the show notes. Make it a great week.